Every marriage has conflict. And as we often point out, it's not so much how often you fight, but rather what you do when you fight and afterwards. Do you repair after conflict? Do you work together during conflict to get to the bottom of issues? Today, we have 10 rules to help you fight fairly. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to oyf.support. Once again, that website is oyf.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gundel from Only You Forever. Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for. We have a non-combative episode for you this week. This is episode number... No, it's combative. Oh, you want to get it on. Don't you think? Like, we're teaching people how to fight. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. See, we repaired afterwards. Oh, good repair. (laughs) Straight on that. Okay, what number are we on? Uh, 206, and today we're going to be sharing the top 10 rules for fair fighting. And before we get started, if you missed last week's episode, we discussed ejaculatory control. So a little bit of a different, you know, topic this week, but that's worth going back and checking out. Also make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming shows from us. And again, if you're struggling with your marriage, we offer sound research-based advice, including our top 10 rules today. And most of all, we offer hope. Let's get into this for Linda. Okay. Uh, Just quick blurb about fair fighting generally, and then we're going to go like rule number one, rule number two, and so on. So since we have, uh, or anybody has so much emotionally and relationally at stake in a marriage, I think it's easy to forget that we need to be decent towards each other when we fight. Because we've got a lot invested, right? So yeah. you're just going to scrap for that. And it's easy to forget along the way, you know what, I actually need to be decent to my spouse. Right. Now in the Bible, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 19 says that a brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city. And this could be easily applied to a wife or husband as soon as you actually offend your spouse, it really entrenches them in their position, makes them unyielding, right? And we think that if we use stronger words or language, they're more likely to capitulate and see the world through our lenses. And yet that doesn't really... No, it just makes them more stubborn. Yes. So as always, when coming to this topic, Verlin and I didn't just sit down and pick things out of the air, 10 things out of the air in this case, but we asked our researcher to go into the marriage research journals and see what he could find. And he actually came up with three studies uh, completed between 1980 or published, I guess I would say, between 1989 and 2011, in which married couples were asked to list rules they thought were important when dealing with conflict. And hundreds of rules were reported, and these were then grouped into common themes by the researchers. And from these themes, uh, we developed these 10 rules. Okay. Now, when followed by both spouses, all 10 rules will help you resolve conflict between yourselves more easily. And they will work towards improving your marital satisfaction. We haven't put these rules in any particular order. You'll probably notice that uh, you as a couple already do some of them. You may hear some that you haven't tried or that you don't use often enough. You're like, you know what? We need to, uh, you need to work on that. You need to. (laughs) I think what people will be hearing is like, we need to fight more. You think they'll be hearing that? Yeah. Okay. Are you looking forward to more fighting or something? You seem very aggressive today. Oh. All right. Rule number one, be respectful. Fairly self-explanatory, show respect and love for your spouse, even when you disagree. Now, just think about how you do that. Don't be rude. Avoid name calling. Try to stay calm and don't escalate things automatically when you feel threatened. Easy to do, right? Mm -hmm. 
But this is just like a feeling threatened because you were disagreed with. This isn't like you're actually being threatened. Yeah, we're not a... Physically or... Oh, no, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, if you're being threatened physically, you shouldn't escalate. You should leave and right. yeah. and find... Yeah, then check out our episodes on abuse. So we're talking about standard marital conflict here today, not abusive mm-hmm. situations, okay? okay? Now, being deliberately hurtful or aggressive makes conflict much worse. And it creates this kind of like-for-like cycle or tit-for-tat, eye-for-an-eye, where both of you just try to retaliate when your spouse upsets you. On the other hand, being calm and respectful allows you to resolve the conflict quickly without it damaging your bond of intimacy. So this is where respect really begins to shine, right? And that this whole theme of being considered to your spouse, even during conflict, this was by far the most important rule found in the research accounting for 26% of the total variance in whether conflict resolution was successful or not. So what they do when, when people fight, fight, you know, because humans are complex. Yeah. Uh, in this particular example, when couples fight, what they do due to the complexity of all the different kind of things that may or may not be going on is they track them across all the different conflict episodes that they see with the couples and they ask themselves, okay, which of these kind of bubble to the top is the strongest impact? Okay. And respect was the one that floated to the top, being being respectful, yeah. Okay. And so, you know, something you guys might consider doing to try to put this into into uh to make this more a part of your conflict when you do have conflict is just asking your wife or husband before you're in the situation, is there anything I can do to be more respectful of you while we're in conflict? So this is before you're having conflict? Yeah. This is when everything's going Yeah, on. yeah. Okay. And you know, it's kind of one of those things you can stop and reflect on and, and hopefully give some good information and then you want to remember that and, and try to work that into your conflict next time as well. Okay. Uh, rule number two, say what you're upset about concisely too, if possible. It's good to be direct in stating what you're upset about and why. When there's vague hints or passive aggressive comments or saying I'm mad at you without explaining why, it doesn't lead to effective conflict resolution. It just doesn't help. Mm -hmm. So state what the issue is and make it plain, make it concise. And this may take a moment for you to kind of pause and figure out what's going on for yourself, which is not a bad exercise. Okay. Right? But just, it can be as simple as, you know what? When you do X, I feel Y. When you do this or that, here's how I feel. And that's why I'm upset. Many of the couples in the studies thought that being concise and getting to the point was a very important part of conflict resolution. Not surprising. Yeah. Doing so, this allows you to get the issue resolved the first time rather than leaving things unresolved or creating resentment. So knowing what you're upset about and expressing that will help you get to the bottom of things. I agree with that, but sometimes it's really hard to get the conversation started. And if I can just get out like, I'm upset with you or I'm frustrated with you, it just kind of gets it going. And then I can kind of like, oh, okay, I got the conversation started. And then I can say what I'm feeling or what is frustrating me. So So it's not like you need to lead off with it? Yeah. Like I don't know that, I don't know. You don't necessarily have to have the whole sentence planned out right away. But then that means that the spouse can't be like defensive right off the bat. Yeah, They might need to be like, okay, and just wait, give them time to spit it out. Okay. So yeah. I mean, if you guys are both agreed to that, but don't you think there's some value in you knowing what the issue is when you're coming into it? Yeah. But it's, it's not easy to bring up stuff about your spouse that is made you angry, frustrates you, hurts you, but it, Sometimes it's just like the initial conversation starter and you don't want to have the explosive conversation starter, but if you can just like get something out just and then you know you have to continue. Okay. 
Well, it's almost like another rule is just start. Is that what you're saying or am I missing you? Yeah, maybe just start. Yeah. Because you were saying like these vague things like I'm mad at you don't lead to conflict resolution. But I'm saying like, okay, maybe you need to get that out in a Uh, calm voice. Yeah. And then, but you still need to get down to what you're upset about and say it concisely. Yes. But you don't have to have the whole speech planned out necessarily before you start, I guess is where I'm going. Yeah, true. Especially if you're like me and you forget it about three words in. Yeah. When do you ever forget anything? Well... You know how you always have the perfect argument in your head either yes, beforehand yes. or afterwards and then you go to start and it's like, poof, gone. Like, and then you're stuck. Man, like that sounded so good. I thought it was like a speech maker and then it's poof, gone. And, yeah. yeah. Then reality hits. Yes. Rule number three is no ultimatums. I think I just gave an ultimatum there. Anyways, I'm a therapist. I'm allowed to do that. <laughs> this is about times when one spouse tries to force another to do what they want. If you don't do X, then I'm going to... Whatever. Okay. But it can also be when one spouse is for, one spouse, sorry, forces the other to deal with an issue totally on their own terms. Uh, so, for example, you have until tonight to deal with X, or I'll be really mad. Or I don't care if you're tired from work. We have to deal with this now. So it's like it's on my terms that it's, you're gonna okay, okay. work through this, right? Mm-hmm. And this, the problem with this is, it just starts it off unfair. It's too much about your own needs. And I'm not saying you can't state your needs or you can't have your needs, but if it's too much about that and it corners your spouse and is an attempt to force them into doing what you want rather than actually collaboratively coming to an agreement, then you're really starting off on the wrong foot. Okay. What it does is it actually, I think it destroys trust and intimacy and it creates a lot of resentment. So this then becomes about, yeah, okay, so you want something here, but how can you express your concerns in a way that's firm, but still gives your spouse the choice in how to respond? So you're calling them forward now as an adult and to take responsibility, right? And to be considerate of their situation mm-hmm. before making demands. So, you know, it's kind of a shift towards wanting your, towards aiming for your spouse to want to agree with you rather than feeling like they're coerced into agreeing with you. Mm-hmm. It's giving them some agency in all of this rather than okay. cornering them, right? Okay. Now, this doesn't stop anybody from setting boundaries. So for example, you know, you could say something like, until you're able to speak to me respectfully, I will not continue this conversation. The difference between a boundary and an ultimatum is that an ultimatum is more about manipulation or control, whereas a properly executed boundary is about lovingly advising someone of the terms under which you're happy to be in relationship with them. The ultimatum is more of a threat. The boundary is more about respect. So there's a subtle difference there. So just good to watch the ultimatums. Okay. Number four, no bringing up past resolved issues. And well, obviously, if they're bringing it up, it's not resolved, don't you think? Well, no, if I did something wrong and I made it right and we both felt that. Okay. And then what happens here is people kind of sandbag. So they bring in, yeah, you da 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 da, and they list all this stuff. Okay. And then so I'm left there thinking, like, I thought we worked through that. Right. And this, again, this is different from like if I have an addictive problem or a repeated behavior issue or something. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it's just like you're piling stuff on. Okay. So bringing up past issues to add to your argument in the current conflict can be really distracting because now I have to solve the 42 things you just listed and not the one issue that you got mad, which I thought I could handle. (laughs) Right. Okay. And then you can get into the scorekeeping thing. It's like, who can, who can pull out the bigger list of grievances? Right. So now Mm. this conflict is definitely going nowhere. Yeah, it's getting bigger anyway. Yeah. And you know, this may need may indicate if you're if you're struggling with this kind of behavior, you may need to work on forgiveness and maybe even properly resolving issues the first time around. Mm-hmm. Or it could be about raising them when they actually happen rather than storing them and bringing them up days or weeks later. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So 
again, kind of coming back to a term I use, sometimes this is called sandbagging because you start piling on a whole bunch of issues because you really want to convince the other person that they need to change. Mm-hmm. But the difficulty is that if you overwhelm your spouse, you may win by virtue of having the most weight in the argument, but you'll lose because they can't possibly dig themselves out of all that. So they're just going to find a way to bail or disappear or fade or something. Okay. So this is about being focused on the main issue that you need to resolve in the moment and staying with that, finding closure, take a break, and then decide if you need to come back to the other issues as well. So I'm not saying you can't deal with other unresolved items. Mm -hmm. But if they've been resolved and made right, you need to let them go. Yeah. Or even if they're unresolved, keep it separate as much as you can. Okay. So in your your conflict, in your fight, you just need to be dealing with the issue that you're dealing with. As much as possible, yeah. Okay. Otherwise, it's too much. Rule number five, try to understand. When both spouses are looking at things solely from their own point of view, it's easy for both of you to think you're being treated unfairly. Yes. Yeah. And when that happens, often the conflict will end with one of you feeling like you've lost, which leads to resentment. So, I mean, think about what a good outcome to conflict is. Is it me crushing you? No. You think so. (laughs) (laughs) I can see it on your face. (laughs) No, but seriously. I was thinking like, bring it on. Yeah. That leads to resentment. Mm-hmm. Right. And not actually like repair and deeper connection and intimacy. So if we can arrive at a deeper understanding of each other, that's a better outcome to conflict. Yes. Which is why rule number five is try to understand. If, like why the person's upset about this yeah. rather than just the why? fact they're upset. I need to fix it. Why Boom. it matters to you. Oh, see, this is like empathy rather than a solution. Isn't that, that what that is right there? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got it, girl. So maybe you need to ask that. Like if someone's upset, like... Do you need empathy right now or did you want a solution? Yeah, that's fair. Because I want to understand. Where's my Kleenex? <laughs> so um, just a little bit thrown off where to go here. Yeah, Linda. sorry. I kind of oh, threw you. Okay. I think it's just kind of expanding on your empathy thing though. It helps you to be more considerate of your spouse's needs and viewpoint when you're trying to, when you're making this effort to understand. And, and just think about when your spouse sees that too, right? Of course, that's going to lead to easier resolution of conflict. Mm-hmm. When you see them trying to understand, that feels validating. Like you actually want to know and care enough to see what's right. inside me. Yes. And that's a way better kind of attitude than than just sort of being a, you know behind my wall and I'm throwing stuff over it at you, right? Right. Like here's yeah. a Band-Aid. Yeah. So this is going to lead to intimacy. Mm-hmm. This is where conflict starts to get productive. Now, if you want to take this whole idea of these rules, really bring it home to your marriage, we created an exercise for you to go through with your spouse so that you can create your own top 10 rules for fighting. Maybe you want to post them on the fridge, keep them handy somewhere. And you'll find that because you've created these together, you'll both be working much harder to stay on track. Which it's is, not just following someone else's rules. Yeah. Oh. Now, of course, you can use ours as much or as little as you want. But if you'd like to have more productive arguments that actually get resolved. This is a great way to help yourselves move towards that. And you can get this exercise uh, that goes along with this episode by becoming a patron of the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. I'll just take a quick 60 second break to tell you more about our Patreon program. What happens when the fairy tale marriage meets reality? Too often high expectations lead to disappointment, communication breaks down, and the struggles of day-to-day life become overwhelming leaving you feeling lost and without hope. Unfortunately, marriage does not come with an instruction manual. Marriage troubles are deeply personal and can take a toll on you, your spouse, and your family. Counseling can be expensive and divorce is very costly. It doesn't have to be this way. Caleb and Valinda understand your pain and frustration. 
Their mission is to help save as many marriages as possible. And to date, thousands of couples are helped through their weekly podcast. But the most important marriage they want to help save is yours. With a minimum of a $10 investment a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Learn more about saving marriages and how you can help at OYF.support. That's OYF.support. You're listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. Before the break, we were talking about understanding one another. Mm-hmm. Rule number six, avoid overwhelm. It's uh, kind of like you're sandbagging up above, isn't it? Yeah, but uh, more on the emotional internal working side here. Okay? Oh, okay. okay. So this came out of the research more in terms of the words be rational. Um, that's more how people describe it. And I, mm-hmm. yeah, I wanted to avoid saying it that way because everybody gets upset to some degree during conflict. And I think it's unfair to just tell someone, you know, let's try to solve this rationally. Because often when you do that, you're saying you're not allowed to have emotion right now, despite the fact that I've completely ticked you off. No, 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 no. Because you can be emotional and still be completely rational. Yes. But what I'm saying is, is I often see guys trying to shut down their wives by... By that condescending... By implying that their emotionality is irrational. Yeah, but see, that's the guy's problem. That has nothing to do with the rationality of their it's wife. It's like you're trying to have a fight with me right now and I'm trying to talk to the guys here, <laughs> oh, brother. Sorry. Like we're on the same page. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Maybe rule number is 11 is like... <laughs> Don't listen to Berlin. <laughs> figure out that you're not in conflict because you're actually arguing about the same thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, we're saying the same thing, right? Okay. Yeah. You can be rational and emotional. Yes. Yes. But I have also seen, Verlinda, that now this is getting more back towards the abusive end of the spectrum. Like if there's emotional manipulation going on, people start, women often start to act crazy or what looks like crazy because they're trying to get hurt because this guy is just driving them nuts and gaslighting them. Okay. 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 And then of course he flips out the be rational card. She looks irrational, which puts him in the power position and her like she's... Okay. Okay. Yeah. So but that's his problem. Amen. It is. Yeah. All right. But I, I also kind of want to normalize the thing that everybody gets upset to some degree during conflict. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's called conflict instead of discussion. Right. But that's why I like your avoid overwhelm. Yes. Rather than be rational. Yes. And so the concept here with avoiding overwhelm is staying engaged with your own brain and staying engaged with your spouse. So you're connected to yourself and you're connected to your spouse. Okay. Avoiding overwhelm is really about moving towards connection in that sense, both within yourself and between yourselves. And and one way to do this is by staying grounded. It helps you be clearer in what you want to say. And doing this can include things like not exaggerating how important an issue is or getting overly angry because you're more focused on just being clear and, and, and making sure that I can express myself in a way that you can understand me. Yeah, that not exaggerating part, that's really hard. It's very hard. Yeah, you always get that wrong. I just did it. That's called globalizing, by the way, people. Yeah, but so, see, I am completely rational and it didn't even trigger me. We're still exaggerating. <laughs> so make it clear what the issue is and how it has affected you. That's mm-hmm. another helpful point. Uh, you can also do this by making sure you're not being influenced by other factors. Maybe angry about something else that's probably unrelated or stressed after a busy day and that's or kind of hungry. crashing. Hangry. Not arguing for the sake of arguing, Verlinda, is another good thought. <laughs> Or continuing to disagree when you're clearly wrong Hmm. just because you're too prideful. And so all these things are kind of activating, right? So how can we avoid overwhelm and just kind of stay connected to to truth? And and Verlaine is giving me that look. Okay. 
Next point. Number seven. Went. Like you weren't even looking at me when you were saying that because you were completely implying me right there. <sighs> Number seven. <laughs> As I laugh. Number seven is taking concern seriously. <laughs> So it is unfair not to take your spouse's concerns seriously, even if you do not see them as being important. Oh, hmm, hmm. Acting like your spouse's concerns are unimportant to you or stonewalling your spouse or dismissing their concerns, those are all likely to escalate the conflict by creating a demand withdrawal cycle. So even if you don't think an issue is important, acknowledge that it is meaningful to your spouse and try to understand why. I can see this matters to you. Help me understand is a lot better than I have no clue what your problem is, right? Mm -hmm. So taking the concern seriously. Part of this is giving your spouse your full attention, conveying that you're listening through your body language, through nonverbal cues. It's just about dialing in, being attuned to your spouse. Okay. Rule number eight, honesty. Mm -hmm. Almost all couples from the research valued honesty during conflict. Conflict becomes unfair and it becomes difficult when one or both of you aren't giving the full picture or you're manipulating facts to suit your side of the argument or you're withholding important information. Hmm. Often conflict can be avoided if both of you understand the full picture and have all the same information. So make sure you're being fully honest and transparent. And, and part of this can also be honestly and calmly expressing your emotions. Mm -hmm. What's going on inside me? But that almost goes back to like the not exaggerating and yeah. all that. Yeah. Like you need to be honest about emotions, yeah. not. Yeah. But uh, so I'm thinking about in that emotion thing, Verlinda, too, yeah. is like the, like the, okay, I didn't know you were feeling that way moment. Oh, and yeah. then expressing that rather than just. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Another side to honesty is being honest about whether the conflict is resolved to your satisfaction. So pretending to be happy with the resolution or going along with what your spouse says while secretly resenting them is not fair and is probably just going to lead to bitterness in yourself. So like the, it's fine. Exactly. Is not being honest. No, it's... <laughs> because everybody who hears that knows it's not fine. <laughs> Anyways, right? So you might as well right. figure out what's going on there. You can see though how that would leave conflict unfinished and you know, you're starting to build a little bit of a wall mm -hmm. there, right? Mm -hmm. So And they can't get in and so why bother trying? Yeah. Or so if you're if you're at that stage and you haven't resolved, it's probably because you missed one of the other rules about really trying to understand what's going on or... So do you think like if you're not happy with the resolution, you could say like rather than it's fine because you don't know what you're unhappy about, but just say like, I don't feel like this is resolved, but I don't know what yeah. we could change to resolve it. Can I think about it? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And another possibility I just thought of there too, Verlinda, is that you could, you might have it resolved, but you're still a little bit hurt and smarting. And it's it's okay to say you know what I'm gonna I'm a little bit hurt but I'm I'll get over it and I'll forgive you if I haven't already. Okay. Um, but it still stings a little, so I just need some time for that so to work. We're not off. all hunky dory, even though it's resolved. Yeah. Okay, that's honest. Yeah. Rule number nine: joint resolution, and this is about aiming for a fair resolution that you're both happy with, even when it's hard to find that. Seeing yourselves as together and mm -hmm. on the same side, rather than trying to win the argument for yourself, is the best way to do this. Oh, but it feels so good to win. I know that's like so bad and like, I can't believe I even said that on a marriage podcast, but don't I, I just, so? I just want to say for the benefit of all married couples, unmarried people, what? just be careful about marrying into a family that values debating. <laughs> Wherefore, be it resolved that. Yes. Yeah. Oh dear. Uh, being willing to compromise for Linda would never happen in a dating competition. Let me, let me try dating. the debating competition. Oh. 
Yeah. Yeah, but you know, in a marriage, then you do compromise. Even yes. if you're from a debating family. <laughs> Roland has made great compromises to live with me. But being willing to compromise to put your own your spouse's needs before your own if necessary, that's the principle of generosity at work. It's okay, I'm gonna give you this, right? I don't mm-hmm. have to be all for me, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. If you both look at conflict this way, a fair result or a fair outcome is or the sense, the felt fairness of the outcome is much more likely. Mm-hmm. And the joint mentality, sorry, babe. No, go for it. Uh, is also good for increasing intimacy and trust within the marriage because it's we're putting us before me. Mm-hmm. I'm putting us before me when this mm-hmm. happens, right? Yeah, but I'm sure there's other people out there and like they just like to win the argument. Oh, yeah. So it does. I still like to win the argument, even though I. Yeah. So even though, you know, you find a fair resolution that you're happy with, it might still be like, Ugh. like it yeah. doesn't mean it has to feel really good. No. To not win because it doesn't feel good to not win. But I mean, that goes for both parties. True. It feels good to work through issues. And be reconciled. Yeah. And have deeper intimacy as a result. Yes. That's a better win than a win-win. Then, yeah. Than, than a, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I crushed her <laughs> kind of win, right? Yeah. Okay. I Yeah. I agree with that yeah. 100%. That's more rewarding emotionally, mentally, spiritually, relationally. Yep. Rule number 10, saying sorry and forgiving. Admitting when you are wrong is one of the key themes from the research. Continuing to argue, not backing down when you're clearly in the wrong is unfair because it prolongs the conflict needlessly. It depends whose perspective you're in there, right? Obviously, the person who's prolonging the conflict doesn't feel like it's needless. Yeah, but it doesn't feel real great to be in conflict, even if you think you're right. Yeah. So, you know, would you say like admitting when you're wrong, then apologizing, that helps build trust, right? Make sure it leaves room for your spouse to admit their own wrongs as well. It's like, okay, here's what I did wrong and I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, okay, well, I better come up with what I did wrong and say sorry too. Is right. pretty is much more likely to happen than if I gonna like drive that last point home kind of thing, right? Right. But what what do you think about the like I forgive you part? Like if I'm still really mad, like okay, you've apologized and I know I'm gonna forgive you, but just to say I forgive you right in the heat of the moment, I, will I don't think you. it's honest. What? But I will forgive you. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So sometimes it takes a little while to let go of those feelings. Yeah. Hard feelings. Yeah. The flip side to this is, like you're saying though, is actually getting to that forgiveness and getting that done when they've wronged you. Mm -hmm. And forgiveness is consistently found to be one of the most important ingredients in a successful marriage. Mm -hmm. So. So I think real forgiveness is more important than the actual, I forgive you in the argument. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think I like that. I will forgive you because it's like a decision that you've made, but it's not like you're letting go of It's an assurance of hurt or... Yeah. It's not like you're ignoring what's happened. Yeah. But you are, um, it's a huge signal of commitment, mm-hmm. which is a great way to end or wrap up conflict. Right. Right. It's okay. reassurance of commitment, right? Okay. Yeah. So those are our 10 rules. Now, just kind of think all these through, whether you uh, just take what's on our podcast episode here today or whether you're going to make your own rules if you're patrons and you've got that worksheet. Are you agreed on these rules? Having a clear set of rules for conflict really can help with resolving that conflict fairly and peacefully, but only if both of you are aware of and you agree on the rules. That part's actually important. Really? Yeah. Huh. It's like if I have my rules and you have your rules. Oh, yeah. That could be awkward. Yeah. 
if spouses have different ideas, it can create further complications. So, I mean, this is a good... When different you're, ideas of what the rules are. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, think about this in the sense of when you're not in conflict, that's the time to sort your rules out. Right. <laughs> Once you're in, that might be bad yeah. timing. Huh. Okay. And again, today's bonus content is based around creating that fair set of rules for conflict. Uh, you can get the link to that from this episode's show notes at oyf.link slash 206. As always, all of our bonus content is available on our Patreon page at oyf.support. It's a short link to that site. And uh, just look at our posts there and you can see them all listed out by episode number. Mm -hmm. And so we had Michael and Sarah who became patrons between this recording and the previous one and now have access to all this great extra information and worksheets and all sorts as well as all of our patrons and they support us. And we really appreciate that. (gasps) Caleb, we got an iTunes review. Yeah. Accurate and encouraging from Lady Heckler. I'm new to podcasts and to OYF, but I cannot get enough of Caleb and Verlinda. Their wisdom and advice are well-researched, calmly and openly expressed. (laughs) Until she listens to today. We nailed the openly part. (laughs) And so very true. I began my search for podcasts to improve my marriage and family life and landed here. After my first listen, I knew I would stick around. I found a few episodes specific to recent situations and struggles in my life and once was even brought to tears as I listened and recognized myself in a stage Caleb was describing. Thank you for the sound advice and information for the tips and explanations provided in each episode. You are helping me process issues in myself and issues in my marriage and ways to restore and improve my relationship with my spouse. I cannot recommend this podcast enough. Wow. Thanks wow. for your kind words. Mm-hmm. And we're glad to hear you're getting so much out of this. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's why we do this. Yes. Next week. We're talking about things you should think through before you start having children. I don't mean to make it sound like we want you to jump through some hopes, but um, it's hard to know when to start a family, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're, we're going to give you some help with that. Cool. That is all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oif.link slash 206. Find out how you can help marriages. Go to oyf.support. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Valinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to oyf.support. A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People from Only You Forever.